0: Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown! Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs' kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. He caught it! He caught it! He caught it! The Raiders have the lead! 35-34! It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Start to feel like football now. Hey, that was a good start. Hey, that was a good start. We're going to say this for you, all right? The doctor is now in.
1: Our next guest, he is... Still on a uh, natural high all the way there, uh, somewhere between Liverpool and Ipswich. I don't know exactly where he's at. He's somewhere in jolly old England. He is Paul Buckpower Stewart. As you remember, we had him on the show last week, so he's back by popular demand. He runs the buckpower.com website, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, from England. He is the craziest Buccaneer Brit I know. Paul, what's going
2: on, my man? And Congratulations. Well, thank you very much, TC. Yes, I'm still on cloud nine and celebrating. Um, I think I went to bed an absolutely preposterous time um, at the end of that game. Had about 30 minutes sleep before I went to work. But who cares? The Bucks are Super Bowl champions.
1: Okay, so just to clarify for our listeners here, we sit here at 3 o'clock Pacific time. It's, uh, what, 12 midnight uh, there in England right now?
2: Uh, 11 o'clock here right oh, now. 11 o'clock. So, oh, it's uh, early.
1: Coming. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, you haven't even got to the to the good programming on BBC Two right now.
2: Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. It, it, as I said, what we spoke about last week, um, American football is, is an evening sport for us. Even a one o'clock East Coast time starts at six o'clock. The Super Bowl started at 11.30 UK time and didn't finish till around 3.30. But when you're watching your team hoist the Vince Lombardi trophy, then time goes out the window. You don't care. You're just too happy.
1: All right, Tampa Bay wins. You called it. You predicted it. You get to gloat, my friend. Please be better about it than TJ Reeves was yesterday, okay? A Buccaneer homer who works with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a sideline reporter. So uh, you have your time to gloat, my man. You got it done. I know you can't be happier.
2: Well, I think if you had a scale of 1 to 10 for gloating, TJ yesterday probably got to about 20. <laughs> my aim today is to get to 25, which is about the same level as the Vegas commentary crew get to when the Golden Knights win game in overtime. Oh, oh very nice. Uh, Frank, you got a comment about that one?
3: All I know is I still remember William Carlson's between-the-legs goal to seal the Pacific Division in Season 1.
1: There you go. That, that would that'd be a 25. Right that there. That
3: was a 25.
1: That was a 25. All right, let's hear your gloating, my friend. Tell, tell us why you knew this was going to happen.
2: Well, I, <laughs> when I say I predicted the result, you knew last week I was going to predict a Bucks win. I had to say that. I mean, I said 35-24. I was nearly right on the offensive score. Point. I didn't expect the Bucks to be quite as good on defense as they were. We can get into the, the sort of description of how they did that later. But I guess, you know, I'm just happy now. I think TJ can be a gloating Floridian. I don't want to go too far because I'd be described as a brutal Brit, and I couldn't do that. <laughs> no one should be described as that. How much noise did you make there at the wee hours in the morning there in England? And did your neighbors threaten to call the police? What do they actually call the police in England? Aren't they Bobbies no, or something? No. <laughs> I, I celebrated absolutely silently. I had to actually promise my neighbor I wouldn't make a lot of noise. And I kept that promise, too. Because, uh, yeah, she probably would have panned my head in if I'd made too much noise. <laughs> but, no, I did. I, I really did have to celebrate absolutely silently because it was 3.30 in the morning. Now, wait a minute, Paul. You can't do that. I mean, this is the Super
1: Bowl. This is the Pinnacle, you're you're not only a fan, but you're the buckpower.com webmaster. I mean, you can't just go, yes, oh, Dutch, oh, yes, way to go,
3: Tom. You rode yes. it out through all the really bad teams yes. you had. You deserved it. Man, you're way more considerate of a neighbor than I am. Exactly. I, when the Bears are winning or the Packers are losing, I'm <laughs> cheering like a madman my neighbors think there's a psycho living around them. And they're not
2: wrong. Yeah, but the last time the Bears were winning was about 2009, wasn't it, though?
3: I, I believe they beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year.
2: <laughs> no, I have no, me- I have no memory of that at all, And I did set you up for that, <laughs> that one. That was one of the
1: ugliest football games we've seen. It's probably... Well, it wasn't as bad as the game that we saw on Sunday, though. 31-9. to 9. Uh, No one saw this coming, Paul. We could see a Buccaneers victory. We could see Tom Brady being an MVP. We could see all that, but not 31-9. to 9. Not with the Chiefs not gain, uh, getting a touchdown in this game, but hey, kudos to the Bucs. Fantastic. But no, seriously, man. You, you yeah, I expected you to kind of just go nuts and, and you know, do, do blow your horn, whatever you got to do. I think your neighbors would give you the pass, and probably you're such a likable guy. Guy, the neighbors like you anyway
2: oh you know you, you don't know me that well TC. that's a good point <laughs> I, I think what it was i mean just being a bit more sort of scientific about the way the bucks won that game is is you know we talked about how vita vea and the pass rush was going to be the key and it was because the pressure up the middle was fantastic i think what was quite funny is when the bucks won the super bowl 18 years ago they were well known for their Tampa two defense the cover two and it, they did it all with a four-man pass rush. But Todd Bowles' defense this year, blitz happy, but he came to the Super Bowl, and he blitzed only a handful of times. He played more cover two defense than he ever had done at any time he's been a defensive coordinator. So what a way to sort of hark, hark back to the days of the of the John Gruden, you know, Monty Kiffin defense, that he did the same thing. And to be honest, Tyreek Hill was never a factor until the Bucks started playing cover 30 defense in the final five minutes. And really Really, the pass rush was there all day, and if it hadn't have been for Mahomes, there would have been eight or nine sacks. He, he made some miracle escapes, but they, they never really threatened, and that game was over by half time. Now, when you were watching the game, and
3: then they hoist the trophy, and you celebrate, you get your half-hour sleep, you wake up, you go to work, you're not tired because you're still living off of the exuberance of winning the championship— what did you think about all the post coverage when you saw people coming out a little bit complaining about referees and other things and making excuses and that? Did you think, oh, just shut up and go crying your beer?
2: We're the champs. We don't need it. <laughs> I think it's funny. I mean, I've always... This is going to sound very bad as a journalist. I, I don't like people who criticise officials in any sport. And I've, I've done that on radio and television over here in all the times I've been in the business. And I've really got into it with some Buccaneer fans at times when they've been whining and complaining about officials. No official is, is biased. No official goes out and cheats. They call what they see. And you might not agree with it. They might get play, you know calls wrong. That's sport. You just have to deal with it. And I think what the Chiefs did is there was some ill discipline that when they got called for a couple of penalties, it it sort of snowballed. And then they start thinking, well, hang on, we're not going to win this game. And then they start making more mistakes. But if you're going to line up offside on a field goal attempt, if you're going to drag Mike Evans down on a blatant pass interference, you can't have any complaints. You lost the game fair and square. That's it. So anybody wants to complain about the officials, that's rubbish, right?
1: Pure rubbish. <laughs> it's bloody garbage. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> see, garbage, That's trash. See, there you go. See, see, Paul, um, Frank, you're giving uh, Paul. You're not giving him the, the, the enough credit. You you put him in in this fan type of thing, which which he is. But he's right. He's a journalist. He kind of I didn't put the him NFL. in a fan thing. I yeah. just
3: asked him what he thought when he saw it. I put no labels on it. <laughs> I'm not a label maker.
2: <laughs> I, I think I can. I mean, it, it's easy. I mean, yes, I am a fan. Um, but I say I always respect the job officials do in mm-hmm. sports. And I say, yes, they make mistakes. And you can go back to 20 years ago, the, the Bucks lost in a championship game to the Rams. There was a play where Bertie Manuel um, had a pass that was ruled incomplete on replay. And I was calling that game for British TV. And even I said straight away, that's going to get re- overturned. And there are still Bucks fans now who complain and whine about it. It was the correct call, and I know it happens in sport, and it always will happen because that's what fans are there for. That's what talk radio is there for, to discuss these things forever. So it will never go away. But I think for any Chief fan to complain that they lost the game because of a referee's call, sorry, you know, bye. <laughs> yeah. Paul Stewart from
1: England, buckpower.com. Uh, does a fantastic job there in England covering the NFL. And, of course, we talked last week about the NFL uh, continuing. will continue to come and have games there, and Paul does a fantastic job. You know, when you're talking about calling these games a play-by-play, I'm just wondering. I mean, I'd love to hear one of your calls. And we know that there is – I don't know how I want to say this. It's it's not the dialect, but just certain phrases and words that British people use uh, that, that – that as people here in america they hear and they go what and like you just said straight away do you get caught up in just uh, saying things that would be just traditionally for americans to say what what did he mean by that or do you try to americanize that because you are covering an american football game
2: does that make wow, sense that, that's a, yeah that's a great question i think when you're talking about a game, I know we, you know you're talking to British fans. Know what they're talking? You know they know the game, they understand it. So you don't try and make it a beginner's guide. You still use American phrases, but there are certain times when yes, you will say it the English way. Now, when I called the game in, the Bucks had a game against the Panthers in London in about fifteen months ago, and I was doing the play-by-play, and I said something that was a little bit sarcastic, um, that ended up being repeated on the NFL Network the next day because they thought it was. So so funny and what it was it is the Bucks had a punt returner called Bobo Wilson and he twice fumbled punts earlier in the game but he was still back out there returning with about five minutes to go and i simply said um michael pilardi punts for carolina punt not fumbled by bobo wilson for a gain of four i just said it as a bit of a joke that he didn't fumble it and apparently the nfl network and rich eisen and the guys picked up on it and were laughing about it for 24 hours that a brit could almost like have a laugh while still doing a play-by-play commentary (laughs) I think a lot of people would, would, would hear a Brit doing NFL
1: comedy and it would it would it would be comedy because let's be honest here in America we associate uh a, a television british television with comedy i don't think we think about dramas we don't think about mysteries and i know there's plenty of that there masterpiece theater and all that stuff but what do we think about it? we always joke with you about it monty python benny hill faulty towers that sort of thing. so i think it's, think there's this comedy connection when it comes to television with us americans and british
2: uh, television Looks like I've got to do that. No, and I think, no, you know, I know we've joked it, about... on other shows about, you know, you've got stereotype British but that's fine you know that's what you're known for is, is, as British people it, it'd be the same way as if you know American people you came on a British show and you'd be talking using American phrases you know we laughed about vacation rather than holiday but it's just you know we're talking the same language but it's not the same language if you see what I mean and yes when it comes to sports you know if you called a soccer game you would use probably slightly different phrases than we would as, as English commentators and it's just sometimes to have a nice twist now a friend of mine nick Halling, i used to work with on british tv he called a game for fox sports on the play-by-play about 20 years ago and it was an experiment and it was he did a good job he's done a lot of play-by-plays before but the american fans hated it because it didn't sound right to them it was something different and of course people don't like change i don't know tc is constantly saying that everybody's on the pitch yeah, that's right. I, I do. I love that. I love the pitch.
1: Exactly.
3: You're right. I do that exactly. So, so what happens with the website now? I mean, do you cover the off season? Are you going to go in depth about the Tampa Bay Lightning and things still going down there in Tampa Bay? Are you waiting for pitchers and catchers to report? What goes on with the website for uh, for for Buck Power Paul?
2: Well, I'll be. I'm going to be upgrading the site. I mean, in the next couple of weeks, I've got some things going on behind the scenes and a lot more. But I carry on updating it all year. It is just the bucks, and I do various things. where I'll you know I'll review different players, how they've done during the year. I do various countdowns, like the hundred best players, the hundred best plays. Um, the 100 best times we made John Gruden scratch, scowl in a game against Vegas this season. We do little countdowns like that because people like them and they love, you know, and I'd go back in history and find video highlights and, and people love looking at those. They love watching them. Paul Buck Power Stewart joins us
1: here as we're talking to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, does a fantastic job with BuckPower.com. So I want to know about the British viewpoint of this. We talked a little bit about it last week about in American football in general, but The ratings came out here in the States with CBS, 96.4 million viewers. I'm curious to see what the ratings would be or what they were for the Super Bowl game. And how is it broadcast there? Which network has the rights to do
2: that? And I want to know what was the viewership like. Okay, so we have the the we have a sports satellite station, um, Sky Sports, which is associated with Fox. That's that's our main sports channel. They cover Premier League football, cricket, all the main sports, and they do the NFL, and that's who I work. I've worked for. So they had the game live, like they always do. The Super Bowl is also shown live on terrestrial television, what we call free to air. That was on the BBC. Um, two, one British host, one former player. and... And a colleague of mine, Mike Carlson, have formed a team. And they take the commentary from Romo and Nance, but still come back with their analysis. So you had those two stations covering it. The viewing, I say, I don't know the exact numbers, but it was as popular as it always has been even if you couldn't have big parties. But when it came to the coverage in the British media, it wouldn't make the Monday newspaper because obviously the game finished too late. But the Tuesday press, again, if you had six pages of sport, there'll be four pages of, of soccer and Manchester City beating Liverpool 4-1 because that was the big story. And then you go back and here's the story about the Super Bowl. But to be honest, you, your knowledgeable British fan isn't going to open the Times or the Daily Mail to read about the Super Bowl. They know it. They've watched it and they've looked online this is more for the general sports fan who wants to know okay who won oh it was a guy who's 43 years old and he's won his seventh super bowl and they will just focus on that you know more general rather than who did what on what plays and how it happened
3: when it comes to watching the super bowl over there because it is on so late do they replay the game later that next day and do people watch it then even knowing the result already and and how is the social media during it i'm sure that because you were up live and that is Is there much interaction on social media during the Super Bowl or is it just diehard fans like yourself?
2: Well, this is quite ironic, actually, because when you watch it, a lot of times you watch games the following morning as live. So, for example, the, light, um, the Lightning are playing Nashville tonight. I'm not going to watch it live. I'm going to watch it 8 o'clock tomorrow morning without knowing the result. So I stay off social media. So when it comes to NFL games, I've got a buddy of mine, diehard Dolphins fan, sometimes doesn't watch the games live, so we don't text each other during games. You don't do it because you don't want to say, oh, what a great result if he hasn't even finished watching it yet. So, as a British fan, you learn to stay Stay off social media. You don't text your friends You until you know they've watched it and then you start talking about it. And also, there's also probably a time delay. So I might be about a minute behind you, you know, with the coverage and the feeds. I mean, I've been at a game live, phoned a friend of mine to talk about what a fantastic win. And he was still about a minute behind me, didn't know we'd won the game. Wait, wait, there's more than one of you there? Uh, there's, there's, other English, there's a Dolphins fan there in England or are you talking about some guy in Florida no 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 this, this friend of mine he, he one of the first games he ever saw was watching Miami play and that's how he became a Dolphins fan and he watches every game and there were fans like us supporting their teams all over the British Isles you know people who stay up all night just like Listening to your show around Vegas right now, there are soccer fans. There are people driving around going, "I love Manchester United. I love Liverpool." They look out for the scores, they can watch it, and and that's just you know what they like to do. And and if you've if you've got a passion for your team, you will read about them and watch them at all times of day, all day or night. Well, it sounds like if there's a minute delay, that you need to find yourself
3: at a local betting parlor yes. and have somebody <laughs> over here do some in-game wagering for you and lay that next play down, knowing what happens when they don't know what's happened yet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there, there was a, a betting scandal in English soccer about 20 oh. years ago when they started doing these these sort of sort of special bets, and it was that there would be a throw-in in the first. 10 seconds of the game and one of the players got to hear about it. They took the opening kickoff and he kicked you straight out of play so the other team had a throw-in and apparently they won quite a bit of money (laughs) on it. (laughs) So Paul, Paul, let me
1: ask you this is, and I think this was the case many, many years ago, maybe decades, maybe before the NFL really started coming to England and playing games. But is there still that fraction of the British population that says, oh, that's not real football. And there's this football versus football, or is it, you know, everyone just kind of been accustomed to it because it is so widely available there in the country. And because the
2: NFL comes there several times a year now. I think you'll you'll always find it's it's a niche sport because you've got your football fans, your rugby fans, and rugby fans usually hate American football because they think it's rugby with pads on. Mm. You know, they think it's not real, you know a real game. and rugby rugby players and fans always think their sport's the toughest. But I think it's you know you just, appreciate that other people have got interest in other sports. You know, I mean, I'm not a soccer fan anymore, but I I appreciate people who do and care about it. It's just one of those things. But, I mean, if you were – I've seen TV companies come over to London with an agenda to prove that Brits don't know football, and they'll walk – into a high street interview someone who won't know anything about it it'd be like me going into the strip and saying finding two or three random people asking them to explain the offside rule in soccer and when they didn't know i could look at the camera go see americans don't know anything about soccer if you've got an agenda to say that you can say anything you want but there are you know i'd put a reach of three to four million people in britain who are who know about the nfl there are probably half a million diehard fans and it's it's found its niche and we love the game and long may it continue all right well you know paul the only thing i want if they repeat and win it
3: again next year we want you to go a little bit more vocal we want you to wake your neighbors (laughs) i want you in the road on abbey road in the crosswalk on the back of a Clydesdale, drinking your budweiser
2: well, the the Brits are more sanguine and laid back than that. I mean, had had they not been COVID, I would have been in the stadium because I had a, a ticket arranged for me by the Buccaneers. And of course, unfortunately, I couldn't travel from the UK. Um, if the Bucks did repeat, I will be there. There he is. Paul
1: Buckpower Stewart. Buckpower.com is his website, fantastic, covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from across the pond. In England, uh, great stuff, Paul. Uh, always uh, love talking with you uh, about this. And uh, as we as we go forward, when you look at these Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year, it's always been the I guess avant-garde type of a thing, where you know free agents say, "Hey, I I, I won I won a Super Bowl." and now I'm going to go on to, to greener pastures. And we've seen so many Patriots do this, and they haven't. They got the big paychecks, but they haven't had the success. It'll be interesting to see if some of these Buccaneers re-sign and come back at Tampa and maybe try to put you know, a run together and kind of create a dynasty. What is your gut feeling what will happen with Tampa Bay moving forward?
2: It always makes me laugh to see how the minute a Super Bowl finishes, all anyone cares about is what's going to happen next. You know, just bask in the glory. (laughs) Enjoy it. Who cares? That's my view. It's like people who do draft analysis the day after the actual draft happens for the next year. Um, To be honest, there's two things all NFL players care about, getting paid and winning a ring. So if you're a player who's made a lot of money, so someone like JJ Watt in Houston has made a lot of money, but he's on a team that doesn't look like he's going to be successful, he's going to try and go somewhere to win a ring. If you're on a team, if you've been playing three, four years, like example of Chris Godwin, just picking a name out of the air, Bucks wide receiver, he's a free agent, he's now got the ring, he wants to get paid. So he could go and play anywhere in the NFL because he's always got that ring. It doesn't matter, you know, what happens in the rest of his career, perhaps, because now it's about the earnings. So I think that's the way you look at it. So if you've got a player like a Shaq Barra, who's, you know, defensive star, he's going to make a lot of money on the free agent markets. And can the Bucks afford to keep a player like that? You know, you can talk about it, but if you've got to suddenly invest $20 on your cap for a player like that well you might have to let him walk to re-sign four or five other players but right for now, that's a story I wouldn't run on Buck Power for about another month. I'm too busy gloating and enjoying the victory. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Final thing here for you, Paul. You mentioned that the game was broadcast on
1: Sky TV as well as the BBC. Obviously, as you know, here in America, the commercials are the biggest thing. Uh, these companies are paying, you know, multi-millions of dollars for a 60-second commercial. Were you guys getting the same commercials that we are getting here in the States? Or does the BBC and, and Sky have their own commercials inserted?
2: um bbc have no advertising ever there's no sure. adverts on any. It. it's paid for by like a subscription everyone in britain has it's it's like a the like you know standard free it's like for our air. hbo exactly right yeah, similar yeah to that sky have their own adverts um, which are about 90% gambling adverts and the other 10% probably have something to do with gambling in a small way I was using I use an NFL subscription called NFL game pass so I was getting the American TV coverage so I saw some of the commercials and um, and you know, some of them quite good. I thought the Wayne's World one was quite good. Um, but to be honest, I'm, when I get to a situation like that, I'm more thinking, like, can we please get back to the game? I want to see the Bucks win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, when that guy ran on the field, and I've been humming the song The Streak for the last 24 hours since you played it with TJ yesterday. When that guy ran on the field, I'm thinking, can you please get off? Because we want to win the Super Bowl here.
1: So, Frank, uh, tell me what you're doing. You're, you're reading the newspaper there. Uh, what are you actually looking at right now? What, what am I looking at? <laughs> Reading the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing there? Aren't you looking at the adverts? And then, uh, uh, well, the, the, the adverts obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, What's the old Monty Python skit? They're in there. And they, what are you? Lo- what are you looking at? And it's you're looking at the adverts. I, I, come on, I, I got. I'm begging for Frank to do his voice here, his Monty Python voice. Go ahead.
3: I, I think I think Paul's just upset because the Wayne he liked the Wayne's commercial, but they didn't talk like the Monty Python women. That's true. And, oh we got
1: Corey Bay in the house. Corey Bay's here for the Super Bowl.
2: You need to you need to work on that guy.
1: Oh he working to work on it. There. He's always busting my chops about my bad accent and so are you, by the way. But we think Frank's got it here. I mean, that's that's shows you how far off that we are. But I remember those Money Python skits. that are, they go, "What are you doing? Oh, he's looking at the adverts." That cracked me up. You said adverts. We don't say
2: adverts here. It's advertising. It's commercials. It's spots. It's not the adverts. I think what what did make the British press is it's always a story how much the the you know companies are paying for these for these commercial slots during the Super Bowl because I mean we have our big. You know, events like, you know, Wimbledon tennis or or the FA Cup final or the Open golf, But, you know, there's not this whole big thing about we've got to have a special commercial to air during that game. It just doesn't happen over here like it does for you with the Super Bowl. So you just had plain
1: Jane commercials uh, during the British broadcast there. They had their own adverts, and it was nothing special, right? Well, they
3: all saw celebrate and gloat over victories instead of just worrying about what's going to happen next year. Something's over. We don't really enjoy things over here. We're like, all right, now what's next? Yeah. Let's let the sky fall again or whatever. He's enjoying it over there. So he's not completely Americanized yet. Uh. <laughs> I don't you know,
2: know. I was looking on it. I mean, I, I was wearing a Buck shirt. I did a whole bunch of uh, Zoom calls on Monday with my day job, and I was wearing a Buccaneer mm-hmm. shirt for every single call, especially when there was a Jets fan from the States mm-hmm. who came on at one point. I really was gloating when I saw him.
1: And we know you had some Budweiser's. Uh, what was the official Budweiser
2: count during the game? uh one which is pretty embarrassing really isn't it yeah
1: (laughs) well
3: but but you told us beforehand it was probably only only going to be about that because you weren't going to get much sleep and you had to work the next day right
2: that's good thank you very much i knew i liked
1: you at least somebody does there it is all right great stuff man we appreciate you paul uh great stuff we will talk with you More just because football season's done, my friend. It's all about you know some soccer and maybe some Tampa Bay Lightning. Who knows what? Maybe we'll we'll have him on. uh, Well, then again, the Golden Knights aren't going to be playing
3: Tampa unless it's the Cup final, right? Yeah, but maybe maybe can start a website. Can the Lightning strike twice?
2: (laughs) Uh, It's a pleasure. I mean, I had quite a few people from from Vegas contact me on social media saying they actually enjoyed my appearance, which got me a bit worried. But it was you know they were asking me questions about English soccer and about if they came on vacation to london and i was more than happy to answer them you know so i'm ha- always happy to do that it's great here we are multi-thousand miles apart talking sports fantastic so no thank you very much for having me on the show it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, go super bowl bucks there you and, go but, by the
3: way i know that tc would love to hear you do the play-by-play of the streak around the field
2: Absolutely. You were aware of that, weren't you, Paul? As I said, I, th- I wanted him to get off because I wanted to to um, concentrate on the game. But uh, <laughs> to quote that song, he, he made a hook shot and uh, got out by the confectioner's stand. I, and- I got to be honest with you, when <laughs> he knows it, yeah. he knows Ray you know, Stevens.
3: There you go. Unfortunately, when he started taking his pants down, I was afraid he was going to get off.
2: Oh, oh no. <laughs> Well, they, he wasn't the only person who got his pants pulled down because the Kansas City Chiefs did for about uh, three hours as well. Isn't
3: that the truth? They were fully exposed.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
2: You guys,
3: <laughs> you,
1: guys, you guys are on a roll. Unbelievable. All right. Yeah, the song The Streak by Ray Stevens, but not the wrestler Ray Stevens. Let's make sure that... Ray the Crippler, Stevens. Absolutely correct. There you go. May he rest in peace, too. He had quite a winning streak, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, we'll let you uh, get some shut-eye, man. 1130 over there, so maybe a little, little cocoa, no Budweiser. I don't, you can still celebrate. You Go ahead and have a Bud. Have a, have a Guinness. Do whatever you got to do. Play some Abbey I'll Road. Do, Play some Beatles. Whatever
2: it takes, my I'll, friend. I'll, I'll do that. And in traditional British uh, farewell, cheerio.
1: Cheerio. There we go, mate. That, uh, he's not a mate, though. Top of the evening right? to you. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and remember, the pig ones on the telly. There's got to be a penguin on the telly somewhere. Got to be.
3: Every time Pittsburgh plays
1: hockey. <laughs> Paul Buckpower Stewart, my guy. No question about it. We will have him back. Uh, great stuff as well.
0: Back to more nonstop sports talk with a Dr. T.C. Martin.
1: All right. RBD in the house, Rob Van Dam. And it just seems like every time we have him in, he's fresh off of something. Fresh off the WWE induction ceremony for the WWE Hall of Fame. And now, a uh, great documentary that aired last Sunday and uh, many, many months in the making. The WWE icons on the WWE Network uh, via Peacock. And uh, he joins us now. And uh, my man, RVD, with special guest Katie Forbes joining us as well today. Hey. It's been a, while, hey. been a while since I've seen both of you guys together here on the show. So I appreciate yeah. Uh, yeah. you, you know, especially, you know, for Numbchuck and Frank, you're bringing in some really good <laughs> eye candy here. I'm mean, tired of looking at you every week, you know. Yeah.
4: Hey, you know, uh, just the other, uh, when the icons aired actually on Sunday, mm-hmm. we had a live viewing party. In Philly at the ACW Arena, okay. Sandman came out, Fonzie came out. I purposely chose not to watch this until then in front of everybody right. so it could be genuine. Good. Blumini came out. Uh, it was it was so cool, and uh, the people were upset that uh, Katie wasn't there. They were expecting to see her. Of and, course. Uh, see. So she said never again. Never again, Never going to see.
1: Well, we know that she is the better half of this tag team partnership. We know that. We already knew. Everybody
5: knows it ain't one without the other.
1: That's true so let's talk about it I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, again uh, appreciate everything you know you uh, you know including me even for 15 seconds I appreciate that uh, but it was yeah a good, you stole you, the show yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was and I think Pete McKinney did a fantastic job of directing this thing he did and uh, no it came across really really cool I'm happy and, with the
4: story no you and know? I, that's, that's what I was going to ask you yeah, yeah. you know
1: were you happy because the first thing we always ask people when they go through productions like this are you happy with the way it portrayed you and told the story,
4: I am. Um, you know, I mean, first off, I'm already in a position where I'm going to accept it. You know, yeah. like that's at yeah. this stage of the game. Once I say something, the words are out of my mouth. Because it can I, be I tweaked
1: that. in any direction, sure. as we know. You Absolutely, know,
4: yeah. And I knew in good faith that he had my best interest in heart and was going to portray me in. Uh, in a manner that was agreeable to me was really he just texted me a few minutes ago so we're talking about it still Mm -hmm. and he said um, you know that I was the one that was most important to him that I liked it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I did it was cool you know Um, I learned about myself you know definitely learned how some other people view me because I had no insight to who they interviewed you know with all the guys. I knew right. some of them, but didn't know what they said or how they, you know. And, of course, having Vince uh, put me over so strong uh, like that, you know, really means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, I, he's the most important man I know. Right, right. So and
1: it seemed like he was pretty genuine, at least in what they showed at the, the WWE been. Hall of Fame, you know, ceremony as well, too. So. Yeah,
4: he always uh, has been with Okay, me, Well, so. that's,
1: that's good. You know, uh, so many great parts of that, but the, the one thing that uh, I don't think a lot of people knew was you know that early on where it showed you as a kid going, to, I believe, what the Kellogg Arena yeah. with Ted DiBiase, and we remember that bit about yeah. Ted DiBiase with Virgil, who of course yeah. we worked with in the in the NWC and everything. Love Virgil and uh, DiBiase, where you know they would hey bring somebody in, give them a hundred dollar bill to kiss their feet, and they actually have that footage yeah. of you. In, in the audience and come and do that. I never saw that before. And you know, I was going is- to say, where did that come from?
4: And, I mean cuz you I never even knew that. And I knew I, they I, filmed it I knew they filmed it, you know, for a Vignette and we all yeah. saw it on TV. Yeah. So it was those cameras Right, wow. this saw clear me too. and my friend yeah. Dango. Right, right. He's in it so much. He's in it so much. I still got to reach out to his family and make sure they get to watch it, yeah. you know, cuz Dango's not with us anymore and it's like, "Well, he looked so young and then we're both babies on the other side of the guardrail right? Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, was yeah. that was a, a an awesome scene. And I kind of maybe remember talking with you about that way back when about, but just to see it on camera like that, and then here's wow, that's that was really cool. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff for me too
3: yeah you mentioned the fact that you purposely didn't watch the episode until you were watching it with the fans what was going through your mind when you were sitting there was it a little bit of nervousness or i know you said that the guy you knew the guy had your back so you thought it was going to turn out well but what was going through your mind like were you thinking like what are these people going to say about me what do they really think or was it just kind of like i'm going to check it out just like everybody else here
4: Um, You know, like I said, I had good faith that uh, I was going to like it. It was going to be enjoyable. But just like any documentary should have, I knew that it was going to... Have some emotional pull on it, you know. So I already had in my mind like what they're going to be using for the the negative, you know, the the dark moments, and and so so already I'm like predispositioned to be a little nervous around that, just to just to know that 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 energy is coming, you know, and the the self narration of like, okay, I'm gonna be you know opening myself up in front of everybody that's watching me watch it right now. But it was really cool. I enjoyed being genuine. There's a guy. There's a story. Um, a guy that came that actually wrote a, uh, a book on TNA that, that he's still working on. Katie and I both have been interviewed for that. Um, don't know his name offhand right now but this guy he was there and he wrote uh he wrote a story on just the whole thing on um the event you know and he said that he kept looking over and watching me you know and he said that sometimes um i'd have a smile i'd be laughing sometimes i'd be like wiping a little little tear out of my eye and Get a little misty eye. yeah yeah absolutely
1: if if there was something out of this documentary the icons that we, we debuted uh sunday and is there, WWE Network on Peacock, if there was something there that maybe you felt didn't hit enough on or someone who wasn't uh, maybe mentioned or whatever, is there is there something like that that uh, hit you?
4: I still got to talk to my mom and try to explain to her why she didn't make the final cut, <laughs> Wow, because they interviewed her, yeah. and you know, and I told Pete, you know I understand production, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know if it was uh, technical difficulties or sometimes what they have to say just doesn't move the story along in any right, way, right. and he told me that it was um it was both, and that myself and my sister both covered everything she had said, and that he got outvoted on it you know it's it's really hard to make cuts you know when i made headstrong mm-hmm. on amazon which by the way having those two they're two pieces of the puzzle that are just like right you know I, they they fill each other's gaps yeah. they're yeah. two horny dogs <laughs> 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 and, uh, and, and, and both of those like you watch those uh, you know headstrong on amazon mm-hmm. and uh, icons on uh, peacock mm-hmm. and, and you totally have all the insight you would want into who I really am, you know, they caught me. Was, was your mom disappointed? Uh, well, like I said, I still got to talk to her about that. Oh, okay. But anyway, I cut out so much out of Headstrong that I didn't want to, because yeah. sometimes yeah. you have to if just for the flow of the energy. And you were pretty involved in the of
1: directing of the a Headstrong, lot. Right? I went yeah.
4: over and over and over it yeah. with every little frame, you know. Sometimes I'd say, no, the music has to fade down like one second earlier. And yeah. I, you know, almost drove uh, my guy crazy. And, yeah. and we had to compromise sometimes in order for me to get a scene out that, that he really liked liked and wanted to stick up for I'd have to compromise and have to take out one of my scenes Mm -hmm. you know because he's well we're taking that out we gotta take the one out where you told the fan whatever and I'd be dude no and we would do it you know it was a lot of hard work so that's part of it and uh, I heard earlier talking to my airbrush guy Joe Holland, he that uh, Pete told him that he's got a, a bunch of cutout footage that they'll be you know doing some other projects with. So good uh, of yeah. all the documentaries in general, I guess of the icons. So that cool. sounds really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well,
3: uh, and and just remember, you can tell your mom that. Just say, Mom, you were exactly. so good that they're saving you for the extended yeah. version of the <laughs> icon. That was the you first know.
4: thing that went through my head. When, uh, when
1: <laughs> Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes joins us here today live in studio. So let's uh let's get the Katie's uh, perspective of this so, so so you watched it and and again you've you've lived the last uh, you know few years with this guy and everything what was your take on,
4: Five on this years,
1: yeah.
5: yeah i loved it it was awesome mm-hmm. yeah it was a lot like headstrong but it mm-hmm. it um, showed more of his wrestling career mm mm-hmm. mhm So it was cool seeing a lot of the footage that I've never seen of him at ECW and um, a lot of pictures and even childhood videos that I'd never seen of him was so cute. And I loved how they showed me in it and our love story. Um, so yeah. I like that
1: one. Holding yeah. hands, overlooking yeah.
4: Yeah. the mountains. No,
1: because uh,
5: Vice had all that, too, and, did, yeah. and didn't
4: use it, so, oh, really? so it was really bombed. Yeah, yeah but, I didn't make it
5: in that cut for the yeah. Vice one, and yeah. then I was, like, excited with my family watching it, and I'm like, they filmed me, I'm going to be on it, and yeah, then like, right. we we're so excited, I was like, oh, well... They showed my action figure. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> so at least they got that in there. But, yeah.
4: They cut it down to seven minutes at times. Yeah. So they so, cut out a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They but,
5: could make a whole other documentary vice with the stuff. That I was they wondering how they were going to squeeze
4: it into 30, and <laughs> it was only seven. Right, right.
1: <laughs>
5: right. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, but I loved the icons, too, and it was done with great quality.
1: It was. It was quality. Uh, the video was great. The production it was great. I mean, everything was great. And as we know, when you're doing these documentaries – uh, sometimes there's a ulterior motive, or people want to show a whether a dark side, or they won't, you know, just mm-hmm. really encapsulate. Um, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. there there is that, and we knew that that really wasn't going to be it. But I guess the big thing is when you're doing a biography, you want to be able to represent that person the best way you can. And I can, I, I, it, for me, knowing you, it just seemed like it hit on all the spots yeah you know I,
4: did. I mean when you think about it i mean the the content the topic of your documentary you have to expose what that man or mm-hmm. woman was about if i was sam giancana and you wanted right. to talk about who i murdered and stuff you would still be yeah. showing him like my best qualities but that's what right. he's known for and i i'm i'm flattered and 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 um i own you know that people are gonna know me for being genuine and being honest yeah. you can't you can't find anything about me that I haven't already told you well you know? in this you business
1: in this business too as we know you know they don't really know the person and right. it sh- you know your true feelings have you've shared before about how you weren't happy you know with being a company guy or you weren't happy with certain angles or, or different things and sometimes you know they can just you know hey cut all that away or not mm-hmm. even address it right. and and they addressed it and then you got, you know, to to give your feedback, and then we saw the footage from that, and it just all it kind of supported it. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying does, to say. Yeah. You know what which, I'm
4: saying? Which also led me to learn a little something about myself in the way that, um, you know... What would you do different, you know? From now, maybe, maybe I'd be a little more flexible and not as stubborn. At the same time, the fact that I stuck to my guns, didn't let anybody change me, is really inspiring to a lot of people. Because
1: I'm sure a lot of people probably thought that, that you know, that was just part of the storyline. Didn't
4: you know what I'm saying? You know,
1: back in those days, well, that's just oh, this guy, oh, he's just portraying that he's. You know, kind of full of himself or, you know, that he's more important or whatever. But, again, you were genuine and saying, hey, this is my feelings. This is my life outside of wrestling. And this is what's important to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe this isn't as important to me. Where, you know,
4: now now yeah. at 50, I have more of a bigger picture and right. can understand things better, you know. Right, right. Like, um, I, I was I was raised in the business early on to hate uh, stooges, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was always, oh, man, you know, hey, K Fabian, he's a stooge. Right, so right. Hey, hey, he's gonna telling you whatever and I was just telling Katie uh, you know like let's say her and I have a company like like my comic book store and everyone that works there knows where the cameras are they know how to rip me off how to you know screw me over all the best ways if I had somebody especially that's a family member like say a son-in-law or something mm-hmm. working there I mean I would hope they would tell me what's going on so that I could fix it and better my company you know and I can't I can't see that way back when I'm you know a Um, RVD of 2001 you know because way back in 93 uh, in all Japan they taught me there's the the hoods that are the cool guys and there's the office which are stooges Mm -hmm. screw them (laughs) yeah that's just the way it was so now you know I'm able to obviously apply some more experience, some more knowledge a few more lessons learned Mm -hmm. and able to look at the big picture and just say "Mm, yeah I can always see that there's different sides to everything now. Got it.
3: You mentioned the fact that it was kind of nice to see what other people said about you and thought about you, that maybe you didn't even know all that kind of stuff. Now that you've been part of this icon and you've seen your story told, is there anybody who you'd like to see one of your former wrestling uh friends or colleagues or somebody that you'd like to see like you know i'd kind of like to see their story a little bit and get to know a little bit more about them
4: oh for sure uh that would be sabu yeah um you know and that's what i was thinking but i didn't want to say it so for sure and i'll always be behind him and behind that idea you know uh when uh when I, when he heard that I was going into the Hall of Fame, you know, he congratulated me, and I, and I just, you know, I said it should be you first, but this is all about choices that we made along the way, and he understood that, you know, and 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 I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that he has quit on his own accord mm-hmm. from every single important position that he's ever had in the business with New Japan, with ECW, WCW, mm-hmm. WWF, uh, you know, WWE. Mm-hmm always like he's always quit and and you 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 can't do that and 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 also at the same time be moving forward with all those guys behind you (laughs) (laughs) you know right right,
1: yeah right all right uh let's take a phone call all right uh philip you're on with rvd and the lovely katie forbes what's what's up what's up tc martin what's up rvd and katie forbes how
0: are you guys (sighs) Awesome dude,
4: awesome dude! Happy Thursday. Yeah.
0: What do you want to say to yeah. these two, Philip? Yeah, you guys R.B.D., you're my guy. I even sent a a picture to TC Martin. I bought one of your wrestling toys at Barrios, the toy store I was telling you about out here by me and Roseville. But yeah, I love that accent figure. It, it's from 2003 when right. you have your pet, when you have your
4: suit on. You remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember I used to go to your arena in Atlanta, Phillips Arena. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey,
0: RVD, if you could uh, be in a faction, any kind of faction, what faction would you be in that you weren't already in? Like, I could see you in NWO, Wolfpack with Sting and, and Kevin Nash, or I could see you in DX, too. Or would you make up your own faction and who would be in that? And then uh, Katie Forbes, uh, hi, I'm Philip from Galt. And hey. just wanted to know, um, who's your, uh, what's your favorite thing about managing RVD and being its manager? And do you like to hit people in the head with the chair and <laughs> cheat like that? And then uh, can you just give me a shout-out? And I think you're really pretty, and I follow your Instagram. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Love you, Tuesday. I was happy
4: to see you on the the, the, the show.
1: Take care, brother. Bye, guys. Thanks, Philip. Appreciate the call. There you Thanks, go. Thanks, Philip. There's a lot to unpack there. Go yeah, ahead.
4: I would join uh, Katie Forbes' faction of her and uh, some of her gorgeous friends. Yes! And um, I would uh, enjoy that the most, but I wouldn't allow cameras there, so <laughs> I would just have to come here and uh, tell you about it, you know, what I'm allowed to <laughs> put over the air.
1: All right, Katie, it's on you. Okay, on okay you? with that, Katie? There go.
5: Yes, my favorite part about managing Rob is I love getting to make out with him randomly. <laughs> I I love um, getting ready together and um, doing working together. So the whole thing is just more fun. Like, I love traveling with him. He's my best friend. So to work together is awesome. We're inseparable.
1: That's it. And that came across in, in the love story and icons as well, too. It did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So
3: you enjoy the wrestling awesome. on and off the mat.
1: That's right. That's
4: <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what
1: they say. All right, man. Uh, RVDCBD.com. It is all there for you as well. The 21% off still available. Go get it anywhere on the website tcrvd is the promo code real quick update about the rvd cbd
4: man just like always we're we're growing we're growing right now um it's it's international so uh we have japan we have india uh and we have canada canada but uh they are, they're really hot to move like right now. And of course the laws are different. So for me, it's interesting learning how, how it works in different places. And in, in India, for instance, uh, see you, you need a doctor's uh, recommendation for CBD or for a THC. Um, but we have a guy and that's what he does. He's always, re- he's already super successful with his website, the hooks up doctors and uh, people that need it. And they have a need for an international superstar, you know? So, uh, some of these collaborations like that are, are are happening. That just like, just like I've always said, man, uh, life is so great. But I've just always known that tomorrow's going to be better. You know, yeah. excellent. So much to look forward to. Always.
1: RVDCBD.com. Go to the website. How do you spell CBD? CBD. rvd cbd.com So, Katie, uh, here we go. If we had a mixed tag team match, you and RVD, who who's the the, the opponents? Who would the opponents be for a mixed tag team match? Here we go. We're going to go to the mixed tag team championship.
5: What do you think, baby?
1: Oh, I thought. Oh, I knew maybe it.
5: Stone Cold and The Rock to be against them.
1: Okay, well no, it's got to be one one male, one female. No, he means us against somebody. Yeah, so you yeah, two. Yeah, no, I Us right.
5: versus Stone Cold and
1: oh, The Rock. Oh, she wants to take on the two the two guys, the two former champs. There you go. That, okay,
5: there.
4: No, that's a good good business mindset. Yeah. Pay a lot. yeah, I <laughs>
5: think that I, would draw a sure lot, pay gonna, lot. I thought for sure you were. I
4: thought for sure you were going to say your friend uh, Scarlet and her guy.
5: Oh yeah, but I want to get paid like top. <laughs> That's cool. we'll yeah.
1: that. Okay, don't
4: worry. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how, how
1: about favorite female wrestler of all time for you? We got to throw back the clock. Did right, you have one?
5: Well, right now I like Naomi. I really love her. Hmm. Move set is awesome, and like I can tell that she's inspired by Rob style. So I hmm. really love it in her athleticism, and I love China too. She's mm-hmm. inspiring from um, hmm. old school.
4: All right.
1: Good
5: yeah. Stuff.
4: All inspired by RVD.
1: There you yes. go. Yes. All right. <laughs> Alright, the whole effing show right yes, here in the house again. Thanks for coming by, both of you guys. Thank and all, you. And uh, yeah, your little your little third one you got here, a little puppy.
5: Yeah, we're yep. babysitting the little Boston that's, Terrier that's puppy. Awesome. Yep.
4: All right, uh, don't RVD. Get the, don't get in the RVD C B D puppy.
1: That's it. RVDCBD.com, twenty-one percent off. Use that promo code TCRVD for that. And uh, check out the WWE icon series with Rob Van Dam. It just debuted last Sunday. It's there. The uh, peacock. peacock. No, Peacock Network, there it is, and more to come with Vice and all kinds of stuff. The man is busy as can be, so get sure. get a little downtime. You guys relax, yes. have a good time, enjoy yourself.
4: Why, thank you. Yes. All right, all right. DC good. says, there you go. Good, good seeing you
0: guys again. <laughs> That's
3: so, going to be his next show. RVD busy as can be. There
0: it is.